This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora, I'm Ian Turner. Welcome to Garden of Sound, sponsored by The Nephilist. Alcohol-free drinks that stir you. If you want to find out more about The Nephilist, just head along to thenephilist.com. Today's guest is Max Earnshaw. He hails from Christchurch and he's no stranger to public performance, having had to sing for his supper since 10 years of age. But far from being the singer of someone else's songs, he's been composing original music from an early age too. Having rubbed shoulders with industry bigwigs and completing a course of musical study in Auckland, things seem bright for this young man, but will perfection get in the way of progress in the years to come? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Max Earnshaw on Plains FM 96.9. Max, I want to kick off and just start with being a kid and growing up. Do you remember the first time you heard music? Yeah, I was pretty on. I'm pretty sure my parents played music to me as a really young kid. A lot, a lot. But um, yeah, pretty early on, about six or seven. Just I think I always had a connection to rock music, mm-hmm. mostly. What were mum and dad playing? I don't know. Early on, I think it was mostly classical music and then... I started on classical guitar when I was about seven or eight, mm-hmm. and but then I was I was also getting into to rock and roll and and fun things like that. Mm. But um, I really kicked off for me when I was about eight years old. I started busking on the streets of Christchurch. So you say you started off on classical guitar. Was that at your parents' insistence, or was that you demanding you want to play this beautiful wooden nylon stringed thing? Uh, that was mostly their their insistence. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't sh- really sure what I wanted yet. But then I slowly got into playing chords and playing songs, which I think I enjoyed a bit better. Was the tuition uh, at home or was this Somewhere at school? Else, just like a separate teacher. So tell me about that experience. Yeah, I just, you know, it would be like you got to practice <laughs> early on, which is what you've got to do. So was it the practical stuff? Was there any aspect of theory? There was theory. There was, there was reading music, but I, I was immediately drawn to more of the creating music and playing chords and what happens if I play this chord after the other um, and what happens with melodies as well. I was really interested into melody. At school, uh, was this encouraged? Did you find other sort of like, like-minded folks to hang out and play with? Yeah, slowly. Quite early on I was doing a lot of music compared to everybody else. When did you write your first song? Mm, I think I was about 10. Yeah. I had a, I had a band here back in Christchurch that I um, started when I was about intermediate school. And um, we played that song right up until the end, you know, until before I left Christchurch. What was the song about? Um, it was called Angel. It was about, um, you know, a pretty lady walking down the street, which is what you've got you've to write about when you, you hear, <laughs> when you hear songs like that. Um, and it's still, I'm still pretty proud of it. It's still, <laughs> it's still not that bad, you know. It's uh, so you're playing this track for seven or eight years. I mean, yeah. I, I guess your experiences um, would have progressed yeah. in those seven or eight years. You didn't feel like you were sort of singing a child's song. No, what I liked about it was that it was like really simple and just straightforward, and that's all you really needed. And 
a song like that. Obviously, my songwriting got way better as the years went on. It was it was great to have a first song like that. I also wrote a lot of songs about Christchurch um, early on. I remember writing one before. I remember writing a few before the earthquake, after the earthquake, um, or while we were on the streets, just like starting to learn. And then um, I actually started with a pirate act when I was eight. So it was to a song, and I dressed up in a weird mask, and my parents were always there, and I gave out signs. And Why pirate? I don't know. I think maybe I was into pirates at that age. <laughs> um, but then it slowly turned to playing guitar and singing. And then my friend joined me, who looked very similar to me. We were both very short, very blonde, and he would, he would juggle. He would juggle while I sang and play. He also did some singing and playing. But um, he would juggle, and that was just quite a good thing because it was a bit of circus and it was a bit of music. Because you think of traditional busking, um, you've got street show type people. You know, we've got this World Buskers Festival going on at the moment, which I've been involved in for years, and music busking at the same time. So it was a great combo. So was it original material, or were you playing covers? I was trying to write as much as I could, but, you know, I was, I was only on learning covers as, as I got older and older. And I started doing, we started doing that kind of thing when we were about 10, 11. So what would be your go-to cover? What would be your your um, best or most popular track? Yeah, kind of Sweet Child of Mine, but then also some, um, you know, some Dragon, April Sun in Cuba, White is Love. White is Love still in my set list. Yeah. Great song. Um, oh, and I play April Sun occasionally as well. And yeah, I, had the, I picked up the ukulele for some of those. It was, it was, um, it was a great place to, to start and to learn and, we made a bit of good pocket money when we were younger. And yeah, every weekend. Aside from the music, what else were you studying at school, at high school? Just kind of general stuff, but I was always pretty good with the maths and the science type of thing. Um, especially later on, near the end of high school, I, I kind of just did science and music. I did like music and drama and then a bunch of science. And um, it kind of split paths for me, but the music was always going to be a bit stronger. So was there a yeah. conversation with mum and dad when you said, right, music is my thing? Yeah. I'm not going to be doing sciences or, or maths? Possibly. Well, I was still kind of into it and I have a very analytical type brain um, as well as creative, which is useful for releasing and managing yourself. So I started university doing a conjoint with science and then I did a few papers in science. And then the more I gigged and the more I started working in music, I was like, this is really what I want to do. And this is up at Auckland University? Yep. Okay. Yeah. What was the catalyst? What was the turning point where music is the be-all and end-all? This is what I'm going to focus my attention on. Yeah, I think it was pretty early on because I started, I started my um, degree up there and it was basically an artist development degree. So there's 12 people in the room who were all like-minded singer-songwriters and they were all just like totally different styles. Um, and that was just really inspiring and everyone was really really onto it and really, really talented. And I could tell it was really select. And um, yeah, I just I just was working there and writing and writing. And I was like, look, this is, this is more what I want to do. So what was the aim in taking this degree up in Auckland? What did you want to get out of it? I just wanted to learn how to really songwrite and, uh, and to perform and, and be a real musician. Um, what is a real musician? You know, I thought it would be someone who 
you know, just just knew everything about music and, and could work in any aspect of the industry. And I, I still aim to be doing that. You know, I, I've, I've been kind of kind of been doing that for a year um, and I'm still working on those different areas. But um, I think it was someone who's a really good, what I strive to be is, is someone who's a really good all-round musician. So I don't spend too much time doing one thing because then I'm just going to get stuck in that. In the experience that you've had since finishing your degree, mm. how many of those people have you met or been able to identify with? Not many. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I've met like very a lot of good musicians and and a lot of people who are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's really hard to have a foot in, in all the doors and often you end up just having your foot in one door. So you've talked about the analytical and the creative side. Mm. If it was a choice between the two, where would you fall? Lately, I've been moving towards the analytical, I'd say. But that's really tough. I think it's time for some music. Now, we totally. have sort of uh, traveled around the world a little bit. We've talked about uh, Guns N' Roses. Um, we've also mentioned some, some classical stuff from, from mum and dad early on as an influence. Um, but what sort of sound or maybe musical ethos might influence what Max Earnshaw does? It's quite recent, I'd say. Um, and it's more of the rock, indie rock kind of kind of sound that I'm, I've really... I think I have a really strong rock base in my music. And um, even though the black keys are quite lo-fi compared to my more sort of hi-fi style at the moment, um, they were they were really big influence when I was growing up. Is there a track right. from them? Yeah, it's called Lonely Boy. I still play it.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Max Earnshaw on Plains FM 96.9. Max, I want to talk about some concerts and things you've been along to. What's your first big concert experience or memory? Um, I think my first concert was actually some Fly of the Concords, which was a really good time because they've got like the patter, you know, they've got, they've, they've got the, even though it's comedy, <laughs> they've got the patter down, they've got the stage confidence down. Um, but my main musical one that really stands out would be John Mayer, um, which I've seen twice. Um, what is it about John Mayer that sort of pulls you in? Uh, he just he just has the songs, um, and he has the band, and he has the confidence, and he can just he just kind of pulls it off. He's just and he's the, just there. And the talent, yeah, and sheer skill. He doesn't he doesn't do too much performing. Like he's just really focused on the music, and everyone knows that they're there for that. At this early stage in your career, where do you see your performance at? Is it on the technical brilliance? Is it on the showmanship? Is it on the the raw, grunty, let's rock out and get into it? Where do you see yourself? I would say all three of those. (laughs) So... (laughs) Oh, I want definites. I want you to choose. Oh, I mean, you know, it's hard hard to put it in a box. But I really like connecting with an audience. So getting, getting an audience involved. A lot of my stuff that I've got... Um, my performance live is is about audience interaction and getting them, but then also there's that rock image, the the showmanship, and the on stage image, and then there's the tightness of the band and you know the the really really good songs. Tell me about the band. You've performed very recently at the um, Thunderbar. Um, mm. Was this uh, a release party? Sort of. It was like a it was like a Christchurch hometown show celebration. So this was my first. Um, big show that I've done down here since I've I've really been releasing and and um, putting some stuff out, and it, it works out because it's it's hometown and I know people here and I know some um, some great musicians here, so I was able to work with them. Um, and the band I my band I use in Auckland is um, another three guys, so another guitarist, a bassist, and a drummer, and I'm on guitar and vocals as well. And um, I met them through my degree. One of them is a jazz drummer who's really technically brilliant, and but he's also um, an absolute rocking out drummer. And then I've got a really, really good guitarist who's really intricate about his stuff. He's a pop producer, basically, and I co-write with him a lot. I co-wrote my first single with him. And then I've got a, um, a bass player who's a guitarist, but um, is also there for the backing vocals. And he's a indie indie rock um, folk type artist he just released an ep actually um so i'm working with these these type of people who are also releasing and um are in the same world as me and i'm able to bring them to the stage and and they they know the vibe i i want and the energy i want how much freedom do you give them depends yeah i i usually tend to write quite a lot of the arrangement um but they'll come in and and help with the process kind of near the end but um Generally, I, I, I like to map out a song myself and um, have, have all the parts sorted since I play all the instruments. Do you take other ideas on board? Totally. You, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll offer things or they'll be like, Max, look, this, this, this section sounds the same as another song or, or what you've done before. So, so let's, let's switch it up and try this. I don't imagine everything always has gone to plan. Have you had any moments on stage where you wish, you know, the stage had literally swallowed you up i mean i've definitely played a a bad gig before everyone's had a bad gig what led up to that moment 
I think it was just early on, no people, not a great venue. You know, I was I was still kind of working on stuff, and it was just it was for the other bands in the room just to practice, really. Okay, but it was just not a great night. <laughs> this was up in Auckland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what was the feedback from that? Or was everyone too polite to to say? Yeah, I don't think generally it was about the playing. I think it was generally about the the gig and, and that we were still developing. But yeah, tell me about the mentors on your uh, on your degree course. Uh, what they what they were able to to offer either to your writing or to your to your performance. Anyone in particular stand out? Yeah, um, the stand up mentor would be Godfrey de Grew, mm-hmm. who um, he's just a absolutely brilliant technical man. Kind of, um, he's he's brilliant in musical theory and arrangements and stuff, um, and that's kind of what I was really after. As I was trying to hone my sound, um, I spent the first year or so kind of dabbling in different things, writing some blues, writing some jazz, um, writing some rock, writing some pop, and then eventually I got to this blend of lots of energy, rock and pop kind of kind of sound, and um, he's really useful to talk to about making tight arrangements. Um, while still maintaining creativity and, and making that. We also had Stephen Matthews, who's a brilliant creative mind, and um, he's really great about the big picture and stepping back from all that because it's two hats. That was really useful to have the, the contrast and the mentors, but also to, you know, because I took both on board. What's the one piece of advice you take away from, from those two gents that will stick with you always? For me, it's to it's to step back from the music and um, think about the big picture in general. You know what I mean? I, I can't quite put that in the right words, but um, it's to it's to think creatively um, and think positively about everything that you're doing because often you can just get so caught up. Yeah, that's 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 a big one that I took away. How easy is that to do though when you're you're in the moment or you you can't look at it? objectively yeah it's really hard <laughs> and um you've got to use the people around you and and um, use the community and network that you have is there much of a music network for you in christchurch not particularly i i gigged quite early on but um i don't feel a bigger a bigger connection to the venues here mm-hmm. um, and i think that's probably mostly because of the earthquake because i think a lot of things change down here uh, you played with uh, Run Seventy Seven, mm. and there's a Tuesday. Mm. What was sort of feedback from from those guys? Did you learn anything from them? Did you sort of exchange notes, or how did you actually get those those characters on board? Yeah, so I heard there's a Tuesday kind of through the industry and 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 through a few friends, and because um, they won the solo duo of Smoke Free Rockwest, um, and I saw them. I went to Rockwest, and you know wanted to see what was coming through and, and, and where the industry support is, is happening there. It's some really great support for it at the moment. And um, I heard their song and I was, I was blown away by it. I was like, this is such a vibe. It's so catchy. Um, they've just got a really genuine connection um, and, and you can just see it. That, that's, that's what it is. Like, they are what they are on stage. Because sometimes it's hard to come across in the right way, especially, you know, we're, we're all different people. Um, but they're just they're just who they are, and um, that's what I really respect about them. And their music's really great as well. Your sound differs somewhat from what Run Seventy Seven are, are putting out. Was it a, was it a good balance when you played at the Wunderbar? Yeah, um, it was a really great energy level because um, there's a Tuesday 
started and then Run77 sort of brought up the energy a bit more. Um, and I, I kind of found them through just looking through the Christchurch scene and I found you guys and, and, and um, found, you know, their interview for you and um, heard them on Spotify and I was like, these guys have got really good mm. energy, um, really good vibe and they're playing lots of good gigs. Um, I think they played with Shack Rock the other day at Blue Smoke, which is pretty cool. Indeed. Um, it's time for some music. Um, yeah. Normally at this point, I ask about a, a favorite track. It doesn't need to be something that you've had a favorite for a while. It could be could be something that's new to you mm. and potentially new to us. Is there anything you would care to offer? Yeah, this this track um, by Rex Orange County. He's quite a quite a um, up and coming artist at the moment, and he just has some really genuine lyrics, and he has really great modern production, but um, still in that still in that style that I, I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and the song's called Best Friend. I should have stayed at home Cause right now I see all these people that love me But I still feel alone Can't help but check my phone I could have made you mine But no, it wasn't meant to be And see, I wasn't made for you And you weren't made for me Though it seems so easy and that's because I wanna be your favorite boy I wanna be the one that makes your day The one you think about as you lie awake yeah, I can't wait to be your number one I'll be your biggest fan and you'll be mine But I still wanna break your heart and make you cry But won't you wait Best friend, baby You're gonna wanna be my best friend 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Max Earnshaw on Plains FM 96.9. Max, I want to talk about writing songs, and you've been doing it for for a long time. Um, I very much would love to hear Angel at some point. I think that would be fantastic. Um, The stuff that you've written most recently, what's the process for you? Is it riffs, or is it lyrics, or is it just, I'm just going to go and record everything? Well, songwriting's the best. I love songwriting. (laughs) <laughs> why it's just it's the best part of the whole process because you get to really make it special and 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 you get really get to make something that you're going to end up so proud of later i'm going to ask you a 50 50 question right. again yeah. okay songwriting for the rest of your life or live performance oh man or really you can't have one without the other but you could can't. you could you just sit in a room and write songs without that that connection with the outside I mean, possibly world. if I could perform my own songs, then I'd go with performing. Okay. But if I could only perform covers, then I would go with songwriting. Okay. Yeah, because I'd need a, that connection to my own type of creativity. Where do the stories come from? They kind of just come to me in, in different lines. So I'm, I'm definitely a music first type person. Mm-hmm. So I'll sit down with an acoustic guitar generally. Um, and I often just try and figure out shapes or something different that I can... I can bring currently my, my sound is in a um, definitely in has some requirements like it's generally around 160 BPM it's really it's really fast it's quite fast yeah it's really it's real punchy it has a, a certain type of structure that I like to use and that kind of you know requires to pop but also works with the rock rhythm whatever whatever rhythm I come up with um, but I'm also I'm always looking for chords and chord progressions and then that kind of comes into a musical section and then I'm, I'm straight into logic. I might not even have thought of any words yet. I'm, um, I'm right into my computer and um, sometimes when those things come to me, I'll just, I'll be on it for two days or, or a day. Like just, I just can't, I can't leave it. Whatever else I'm doing, I'll go do that quickly but be, still be thinking about what, what I'm doing on here. And um, yeah, music software is amazing. I can create drums, I've got a bass guitar I can record quickly. I've got guitars I can create quickly. It's amazing what you can get sounding, you know, um, with with within a within a laptop really fast. Um, so that's generally what happens. But sometimes the the words come come earlier. It's generally like words and a melody at the same time, and then I'll write a verse. Usually I write verses last. I'll have the music for the verse, um, but it's usually the chorus. The material that you manage to um, put into the laptop. Is that what gets played to the other musicians, or at least in the production? Are you playing everything yourself? Yeah, I generally record everything myself. So I'll create drums within um, within the laptop. It's pretty amazing what you can do there. And yeah, I'll play all the guitar layers, slowly work on it. First half of song demo, second half of song demo. Versions, versions, versions of versions. Um, send to different people. I've got I've got a hierarchy of people that can help me and feedback and on the highest of that list are my bandmates that are on either side because they know me the best mm-hmm. and they, they can be the hardest on me so Christo and James um are like the highest there but um yeah I feedback is the best 
from from other musicians and other musicians are always keen to to hear and, and put in their two cents you know what i mean like you can hear a song and be like this is what i think that should have been like an incomplete song whereas it's hard to create something from scratch so it's nice that that comes from me and then it's nice that i get feedback from other people how often do you kill your darlings not too often it often ends up being something useful somewhere else i know i wrote a it took me a while to figure out this form of the song that i wrote um called she's a curse which was a really fun song to write um <laughs> it's a, it's a funny story my my friend christo dated a german girl from from overseas while she was here mm-hmm. and um just in the time that he dated her he got really unlucky like like karma unlucky like okay. he he broke like he 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 smashed an ankle he smashed his other ankle he got stomach sick head sick i got food poisoning from a meal that we shared um and i didn't get it and you know that kind of thing so that inspired me to write the song called she's a curse and i wrote the i wrote the chorus but that turned out later to be the bridge um and you know these kind of people who i get feedback and and can bounce ideas off um i think godfrey de Groot was a big part of that song because it was while i was still developing that sound and, and he really helped deciding oh this isn't the chorus you know this is the part that goes here and it's it's a jigsaw puzzle once you have all the parts written and generally i can come up with the ideas and and write a full long song and then it gets chopped converted changed and condensed generally so the finished product was it all done in here or where was that sort of recorded and, and yeah so produced? I'll, I'll version 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 um for example my latest song lonely love I, I've got version six <laughs> in my in my saved logics just sitting right here, um, but that's after multiple changes within each one. You know what I mean? So um, I worked really hard on that song. Um, for that song, I had a studio day. I had a deadline, so it was first of October last year, and I won a I won a competition. I won a free day in Parachute Studios. Fantastic, beautiful studio, and really great people. And earlier on. I was leading up to it. I had all my songs. had a list of songs I was working on. I knew my strong songs from my set. I was trying to decide. I was trying to decide. And I was writing this new song called Lonely Love. And um, I was like, look, I just need to finish this. And I need to know if it's going to be the one. Because it was looking pretty good. It was just one song you were going to do on that day. Yeah. 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 I had a full day to do one song. um, Because I wanted to make it the best it could be. And... um, yeah, and then I just bounce, 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 bounce ideas, and I finish the full arrangement myself. So I have a, I have my own demo version mix, um, which is the full song, but it's not, it's not as it is because then we went to the studio, we added a few things, we made some stuff better. You know, you, you know what you do in a Who studio. Who were you working with there? I was working with an engineer called Dan Martin, who's the main engineer there, and then um, basically he was just offering in ideas um and so were the band but then it was it was mostly me directing what i um what i wanted from from everyone but they they basically had it by that point what's your favorite part of lonely love this is really specific and really musiciany but it's the transition from the chorus to verse two um why is that the end of the line there is um generally the line and the and the music is because you only ever love me in the dark and then at the end of that chorus it jumps straight into verse two and it's because you only ever love me in your fantasy. And that's the first word of, of verse two. And I came up with that transition. I was like, oh, you know, you know, we get that. Goosebumps. When that, that, yeah. that specific moment, I, I was like, I was like, how am I going to not doing this here or, or that there? And then 
that word came to end that sentence. I was like, that's it, that's it, that's it, you know? Let's hear it. Every night I come to stay Keeping your demons all at bay oh, I felt the change We light the fire without a flame I'm burning up cause I don't know who's to blame Now that we're losing the same game What are you running from? All night you only love me in the dark Only love me in the dark This is the Garden of Sound interview with Max Earnshaw on Plains FM 96.9. We just heard Lonely Love, which is an absolutely fantastic straight-ahead pop song, pop rock song. Um, and 
you're doing some great stuff. So creative, analytical, planning, um, five years. What do you reckon? Five years time? What do you want to be doing? Five years, I want to be doing what I'm doing now, but at a higher level. I know that's so easy to say, but that's what I want to do. Um, I want to be on, on bigger stages, writing better songs, releasing better songs, and just trying to trying to push into um, the industry in a little bit of a un- unique way. I, I, I listen around and there's a bit of rock around. Um, there's a lot of pop around. But there's not quite the the um, the sound I have yet popping through. I don't hear much of it. Um, not even something like six sixty. No, it's a bit more laid back. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you do this in New Zealand? From what you've learned, that's the question. Yeah, that's the big question. So there's no one out there that you just sort of want to emulate there. If yeah. not today, what about previous New Zealand bands? Anyone in the last decade or so that's sort of done something you want to do? Yeah, Dragon Exponents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, totally. Kiwi, Kiwi hip, Kiwi music, Kiwi... Kiwi legends. Yeah. Very... It have to be very Kiwi, but... Very accessible. Very accessible. Great songs. Mm. Good for parties. Yeah. Are you a... Are you a does you, do you think your music appeals to those who want to go out and have a good time? Oh, and, yeah, totally. You know? That's my whole um that's my whole vibe at the moment and, and, and with this this Wonder Bar show, it was it was an absolute party, it was a really good turnout. The the two songs I have out now are quite serious and and their subject matter, but a lot of my stuff um is a bit more is a bit more light, but with that same energy which makes it a bit more um a bit more of a, a party vibe. Tell me about the emerging fan base. There must be people who don't know you personally. Have you had much mm. feedback on your material? It's generally been pretty positive, I'd say. We talked about, you know, trying to emulate other successful New Zealand bands. Yeah. Anywhere you'd like to get overseas especially. Any any sort of festivals or any any venues or something you said, Yeah, that's yeah. me. Festivals would be great. I'd love to I'd love to play in, in Melbourne mm-hmm. and Sydney and that kind of vibe. And then um London would be great. Uh, and then possibly I, I hear there's quite a bit of um Stuff happening in America and and um, where is it? Portland. Mm-hmm. Mm. That kind of that kind of area where there's lots of people creating. I think I I need to be more around so creating what about, instead of getting caught up in the. You say creating. What about the repertoire? So how is that? How is that building? How many how many tracks do we have waiting in the wings, ready to have the the max? Special treatment. Yeah, there's a few I'm working on um, currently, and that are, are sounding pretty good. But I, I'm yet to. I've, I've had a little bit of a writing break, which has been nice over the summer. So um, I'm ready to crack back into it. And usually, for me, the the stuff that really stands out is the most recent stuff, because you know I've done all of that before, and those are good to me now. You know, when I write them, it's 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 amazing. It's great, and. But when they're in the past, they're just, you know, they're good songs. And I know I can do better because I've written that song before. So um, I feel like the more I, I lay into the writing this year, the more newer stuff I'm going to be more inspired by. Um, although I have some cool stuff in the works. So we'll see. 
you talk quite a bit about uh, Godfrey uh, de Groot, at least, in uh, mentor capacity. Uh, are there any producers out there that you think, yes, you would be able to um, to rock my world, or at least my sound, either here in New Zealand or internationally? Yeah, I want to work with um, Greg Haver, who's quite a um, high, high-ranking <laughs> rock producer. Um, and then there's a few more in Auckland that um, I've got are, are in my sights. But, are these um, the kind of characters that you met um, while studying in Auckland? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's, we, we did some industry stuff through there, so I've, I've met some of those types of people. Um, talked to Jeff Newton, who's the head of New Zealand on Air. Those kind of... It's always helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with, with how to do New Zealand on Air funding, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Really awesome program. And how has so. that progressed? Good. I did my... I'm just kind of getting into that world, so I just, I've just hit that level that um, you need to be to, to to talk to them. So how important is social media in that respect? Pretty pretty important. They like it if you have a following and, and, and some people and stuff. But um, hmm. yeah, yeah. So hopefully I can um, get in with them in the next year or two. So when are we going to see the EP at least? I would say le- either late this year or, or next year. Early 2021, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still in the works. I just want to, I'm a, Perfectionist, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then and my music lends itself to that. Yeah. So um, it does take quite a bit of of time and, and effort, but and money. Yeah, and money. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, it's fantastic. Max, it's been super cool to have you on the show. Um, we'd like a little uh, track to take us out today. Anything that you'd like to offer to the Garden of Sound listeners? Absolutely. Um, Midnight Youth, which is was a great influence to me um, growing up, and their sound is just awesome. And the song is called All On Our Own. It's just this epic, epic track. Sweet. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
for my tracks of the week both as luck would have it off an amazing new release called Mansfield it's New Zealand artists putting their music to the words of one of New Zealand's greatest writers and poets Catherine Mansfield the first track comes from none other than Godfrey de Gru with vocals from Tusiata Avia it's called Night Scented Stock and the second track is from former Christchurch girl Julia Deans a lush reimagining of To LHB Enjoy. White. White. In the milky night, the moon danced over a tree. Wouldn't it be lovely to swim in the lake? Someone whispered to me. Oh, do, 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 do. someone else and clasped her hands to her chin. I should so love to see the white bodies, all the white bodies jump in. The big dark house hid secretly behind the magnolia and the spreading pear tree. But there was a sound of music, music rippled and ran, like a lady laughing behind her fan, laughing and mocking and running away. Mushroom, 
throat. How sweet the flowers smell.
Thanks for being here today. My guest was Max Earnshaw. Head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on Max's picture on the front page to check out a bespoke Spotify playlist of all the songs and artists we talked about today and link through to Max's social media. All right, that's all for Garden of Sound, sponsored by The Nephilist, alcohol-free drinks that stir you. You can find out more about The Nephilist at thenephilist.com. Love to have you back next Friday. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hey, da, da.